This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. Every Wednesday live cast brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies all the days of the weeks, months, years, almost coming up on a decade. And quarters. Ooh. Pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, thanks for joining us. A little late today, we had a technical glitch. The streaming laptop blue screened. Uh-oh. <laughs> but Mariana went in, and she did some hacker stuff with a ball mouse. Yeah, she hacked it. <laughs> she hacked it. She, she I don't know, pierced the cloud. Yeah. She did something. She made it work, That's but that's what she gets paid for. So right. She just did her job, but we're very proud. Yeah, so thank you very much to Mariana for getting it fixed. And we're only about 10 minutes late to the live show. For those of you joining us uh, via the live show, welcome. Always fun to have a chat with you in the chat. And for those of you who are listening to it after the fact, whether it be on Spotify or iTunes or YouTube, thanks for listening. Please make sure to like and subscribe. Maybe leave us a comment if it's something that won't hurt my feelings. Yeah, only if it's a nice comment. I'm a very fragile person. We only accept nice comments. Tomodachi Express likes the shirt. Thanks. This is a... This is an oldie but a goldie. I haven't broken this one out in a while. Oldie but a goldie? Yeah. It's oldie but a goodie, Reese. It's, a, it's olden but golden? No, that's not the thing. Okay. Well, hey. Hey. All right, so let's dive in and talk about what's new this week in the tabletop gaming hobby. Woo. First of all, big news. FLG Mats, we are back in action, baby. We got 44 by 60s, 6 by 4s, 3 by 6s, 3 by 3s. 30 by 22 and the new 24 by 14s and desk mats and the new size no it's not in there yet oh okay that's next week (laughs) that's next week so uh we we got the the mats back in stock i know a lot of people were waiting for it we um sold out and we've been out of stock for about a month which is a bummer but the uh the warehouse is restocked ready to rock hopefully we'll never stock out again um fingers crossed yeah it just it, they turned out to be more popular than expected, which in hindsight seems stupid. But, <laughs> you know, hey, Frankie and I do what we can. That's right. And everybody in the chat who's saying that they uh, ordered a 44 by 60 or 4 by 6 whatever, Matt, thank you very much for the business. Thank you for your patience. Um, hopefully it won't happen again. And then next week we're going to have the brand new uh, Combat Patrol size mat, which is, it's 20, it's 44 by 30, what is it? 44 by 30. 44 by 30. Yeah. So, and those will be available next week, along yep. with the uh, conversion kit to make 6x4s into 44x60s. Yep, exactly. Woo! Whoa, whoa. Oh, man. Exciting stuff. But that's not all on the mat front. Whoa. We have a brand new FLG mat, and in the fine tradition of Frontline Gaming <laughs> having the most boring names for their products possible, we have a new mat. It's not Swamp 1. It's Swamp Two, what, the dopes. What, what? So, jokes aside, a really, really cool mat. Um, obviously, it, it evokes a swamp <laughs> theme. No way. And this one, it's, it's different from Swamp One. I think it's a little bit more mar- marshy. Yeah. Would be the way I would describe it. It's more so, green. Yeah. Like a lighter green. Yeah, the current swamp mat's like darker with some yellow tones, yeah. and uh, this one's a little bit more vibrant. 
Very cool mat. It's available at 20% off Whoa. during the release period, which will be the next two weeks. So if you do want to grab one of those, jump in, give it a look. And if it tickles your fancy, mate, <laughs> pick one up at a discount. For our next mat, it's gonna we're just going to name it after its colors. Ooh, the green, so yellow, blue, grass mat. yellow, green mat. Game mat one. I like it. Rob says we're stocked, cocked, and ready to rock. That is accurate. True. It's funny because Mariana and Frankie always have a debate. Mariana wants to name it like Fairy Winkle Fantasy World of Happiness and Joy. Frankie's like Swamp 2. <laughs> I won on this one. But Mariana's gotten her way a couple times. Yeah. Anything that has like a more fun, lively name, that's probably Mariana. Yes, I agree. So uh, jump in there, grab a mat if you've been waiting. Uh, we are getting a really high volume of orders, so... Uh, just want to you know let everybody know uh, it might take uh, there might be some very very slight delays like maybe a day or two uh delays we normally ship within 48 hours uh, with the mats but because we're getting a high volume right now there may be an extra day added on so just just so that everybody um uh, we can be upfront about that yeah just so you're prepared yeah hopefully not we're, we're going to be working overtime to avoid that but uh, we just want to be um, upfront about it all right, there's some new products coming out from Games Workshop. Uh, it's been previewed. The Warmer 40K Crusade Beyond the Veil. Yeah. Pretty cool. excited about that one? Yeah, of course. It's a, And then Crusade, obviously, is the narrative way to play the game, so it's yeah. super exciting. Um, I think it's been the, the it's, I think it's been the most talked about thing of 9th edition is Crusade. I think it's super exciting. Yeah. I know a few of my friends are actually playing in a narrative campaign right now, and they're really liking it, so... Yeah, dude, narrative campaigns was yeah. awesome, man. Like, I that's what I did before I went to uh, tournaments, and I still, I did, like, up until we got so busy that it was, like, basically only, the only time we played was playtesting or at tournaments. Um, that was my second favorite way to do it, right? Like, I played narrative campaigns basically constantly up until we started Frontline Gaming. Yeah. So it, they're really fun. They're really, really fun. It's obviously, it's a different experience from a competitive game, it's just, it's like playing an RPG. It's like way more like big laughs, yeah. funny moments, like coming up with stories about your characters. It's just, it's really fun. So having rules to facilitate that just makes it easier. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and also, we're going to be getting some new uh, terrain for 40K. Um, they have a, a, there's a bunch of different products coming out. One of them is the Vertigus box set, and uh, it's got all kinds of... Um, ruins and walls and barricades and all kinds of fun stuff plus it comes with the 30 by 22 fold out um cardstock maps yeah uh that you can put four of those together and make a full-size table pretty cool um and then obviously they have a nice image on it so great way to get going or play kill team or something like that yeah um, really fun and then exciting <laughs> most of us can't afford this but it's baller there is a brand new warlord titan variant that has like a super macro cannon on the top it's I forgot what it's called. Goofy looking knight. I like it. Uh, it's little arms though. It's like it's like yeah. a T Rex. Clever, <laughs> clever girl. Yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> I think it looks freaking badass, dude. Yeah. He's I just, love it. The little arms just kill it for me. I don't know. But the big he's got the big shoulders though. I don't think his arms are actually little. There's just a weird angle. Is it? Okay, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, he dude. That guy can military press all the way. Oh yeah, dude. He does. He does shoulder shrugs every day. Dude, I thought I was pretty strong in college, like, because I used to lift weights all the time. And then I went into the gym, and I was, like, working out with, my, with the guys on the rugby team. 
Yeah. And we had one guy on our team that for sure was juicing, which I'm sure helped. But he was repping two plates, shoulder press, like straight up and down, repping it out, sets of 10. I was like, what am I witnessing right now? Yeah, I'm good. I don't. I couldn't even do that once at the strongest I ever was, which no. you know, I'm not obviously built for it. But that was like I'll never forget that moment when I walked in and like playing college sports, and I thought I was like Mr. Cool Guy, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> You're like, nope, this is a whole different <laughs> realm that I've just entered." Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, moving on to the new preview for the Necron Codex. Ooh. Exciting Destroyer stuff. Colts. Exciting stuff. So, Frankie, what? Tell us about Destroyer Oh, Pulse. man, they're exciting. So much excitement. But, like, really quickly, though, <laughs> in the chat, Corey Schultz says, I can see Frankie's also a shoulder man. That's right, Corey. <laughs> uh, I don't, right. I've, been, I've lifted weights once since COVID. Really? Dude, I went into the gym. Nice. And I was like, oh, you know what? You know, wearing a mask in the gym, whatever, dude, it's no big deal. Yeah. So I went in, and then instantly I come in, and one person was refusing to wear a mask. And this other person was like screaming at him. And then they, I was just like, all right, I'm not coming back until this is over with. <laughs> You're like, nope. I was like, I'll just go do some push-ups at home, man. This yeah. is, this was a, that was, a, that was not the vibe the I want at the gym. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Destroyer Colts. So they've got all sorts of cool rules. They still have their re-roll ones to hit, which is really powerful. It's super good, yeah. Um, like we were talking about with the auras changing for a lot of the characters, this rule will help them out a ton. So, so do the do the melee and the shooting version get it? Uh, yeah. So they talk about the melee version in here, and they have the reroll ones to hit, um, which is really nice. I believe both of them get it though. So, um, and then there's another aura that they get that allows them to reroll ones to wound, which is really nice. And oh, that's really? That's probably from one of the characters, and it's called United in Destruction, Reese. Ooh, <laughs> that's how that's, exciting. Is that's that? a movement I could get behind. Yeah. You know, like some people like to get together and do good things like building, you know, homes for the homeless. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, United in Destruction. Yeah. I think you got that as legs. Exactly. But yeah, these are basically the rules that they had before, um, but you get to carry it over and there's a lot more options for different destroyer units. So um, did we get anything, any other fun stuff? Like what about these Inimitic Exterminator? Ooh, they show off the big. Inimitic? What the hell? It's the big guy the big destroyer yeah that guy that guy is beef supreme he dude. is he is beef cake yeah i like it I, i'm into this um so yeah so he has uh, two different guns uh one is 3d3 strength 7 ap 1 1 damage that's pretty good and then the other one is 3d3 damage strength 10 ap 4 one shot so pretty good uh it's quite a big change for Three, the destroyers 3d3 damage so. that's that i like that that's way better than like 1d6 1d6 yeah. or even 2d6 well 2d6 you have a higher range but 3d3 you're gonna average uh six damage yeah it's way i like that's way more consistent yep it's only one shot which is unfortunate uh, i think two shots would have been really good um and then the other variant the anemic i think is how you pronounce it in mythic exterminator yeah, maybe. i think that would have been two damage i think that would have been a lot better yeah i mean uh, it's obviously it's an anti-infantry weapon yeah it's a lot of shots which is really nice an AP one like it's yeah. better than you know I know yeah yeah now, now that you say that I'm like oh man I'd almost rather have a heavy bolter yeah well yeah especially that has the damage, damage too <laughs> with three shots but this thing is gonna get six shots on average yeah it's gonna be really good for killing like light infantry for sure and it's blast so uh, that helps if you're playing against a horde um, and it 
really comes down to what the points costs are. Ooh, on it, so. Frankie, so you're telling me the 3d3 weapon against a unit of 10 or more will get a minimum of three shots no matter what I roll? Right. That blast rule. Is that pretty good? Woo. Is that pretty good or what? Good thing they gave it the blast rule. Thankfully. I mean, what would we have done otherwise? Since it only has three shots <laughs> anyways. It's pretty good. But it could have nine, Reese. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate. Steven, uh, Steven Box in Van from Vanguard Tactics in the chat says he's starting fit for 40K. Signing Ooh. me up. Hey, man. I, there you go. I used to be in really good shape. But 40 got, years ago. I got Reese the COVID-28. Really uh, Don't blame that on COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, good for you. And uh, uh, Steven obviously knows what he's doing. He was a fitness coach, still is a fitness coach. So yeah. I think that's a great, a great idea. A lot of people have tried it. it I haven't seen it really get legs. But um, obviously in, in the gaming community, a lot of people have struggles with weight like I am right now compared to what I'm normally at. So I think that's a great, uh, that could really help a lot of people out. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good idea. Um, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So what, uh, what's the Destroyers in Crusade, baby? Oh, uh, the slow decay of the self. That's what I'm experiencing right now. So it is. So it's that special rule that they've been giving to pretty much. Uh, they showed off for Space Springs as well. Uh, you get special Crusade Army benefits. Oh, cool. You spend the CP before. So uh, for Crusade narrative games, you, you basically can like level up and stuff. Exactly. So you yeah. can buff up your characters, give them what is it called? Uh, battle honors. So you get extra points. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, so be. To be honest, they didn't really show off a lot for the Necrons this week, so it's not super exciting. Well, they, they, um, they sprinkled in a little some goodies in there. A little bit. It's like, you know. Yeah, I'd rather them show off new stuff. You know, it's like than, corn. Yeah. Sometimes you find little surprise <laughs> corn kernels. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then they have another special rule, but they don't really explain what it is. They have Battle Scars, Mindless Reaper. Um, one of them is you get rerolls to hit. One of them is you can only shoot the closest enemy model and then or unit. And then one of them is you can only charge the closest enemy in it. So uh, the last two don't sound great. The first one, however, reroll hits. That's just just kind of block out the other two, and you're in a good place. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And so they don't explain where those go or who's going to get them. So. You know what? It's a mystery. It is. You're just going to have to pre-order the new Crusade mystery. book for Necrons coming there out next go. week, baby. Which you is. can get from Frontline Gaming what, what? at a discount. Or in the chat, Novastar87 says... This article is so funny. It says this is the first time we've seen the rules for the Locust, but their rules have been on the app for over three weeks. Well, ta-da. There you go, baby. Surprise. There you go. All right, so Frankie, lay it on me. Ooh, what is deployment? tactical deployment? This is the book everybody's been waiting for. That you didn't know you needed or wanted. So much excitement. Um, the cool thing is they are there are new secondary missions in here. Cool. So that's really exciting. All right. So, wait, so first of all, what is it? Uh, it's a, it's basically just a mission pack, right? And it also adds in some ways to actually play a game to where you get points to buy terrain. Ooh, baby. Isn't that exciting? That's Is pretty it? exciting. No, not really. So wait, how does that work? You get to buy, you so buy you terrain, to... like when you're deploying, like you're putting terrain on the table? Yeah. So basically when you go to an event or you play with one of your friends, depending on how big of a battle you're playing, you have a certain amount of terrain points. You can spend that on certain pieces of terrain that'll be in this book, and then you can put those on the table. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a it's a interesting concept. Um, we'll see how many people really use it and all that stuff, but um, they do add some cool rules for all the terrain that they're putting in there. 
they have little templates on what the footprint of the building's supposed to look like on the back so that's yeah. pretty neat um and uh yeah there's also new uh like i was saying secondaries and some new missions in there which is really exciting that's pretty cool yeah a uh, quick shout out to the chat alvaro seguro says hey guys from spain love your podcast since i heard you all on la Vaz de Horas <laughs> podcast what well, welcome thank you for joining us and for any of you out there that are uh Spanish speakers, maybe your native Spanish speaker. La Voz de Horus is a really popular Spanish language. Vos, excuse me, Mariana is laying the, the pin pan down on my pronunciation. Is a, a really popular Spanish language podcast run by some great, some great uh, 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 people over in Spain and they're big organi event organizers in the, in the Spanish meta as well. Yeah. So uh, if you would like to hear about 40K in Spanish, check them out, they do a really good job. Like, yeah. But there are some cool things. Uh, there's some secondaries to where you can kill your opponent's buildings and you get points for it. Um, so some of the buildings you can actually interact with, do damage, and then of course you get special rules from a lot of the different buildings. So. So the idea cool is. Concepts. So the idea is that a player brings all the terrain for a table, or you come up to a tournament and you like, you want more. You want to make sure that there's more terrain so you can put some down. Or do you put all of it down? Does it explain so, that? Yeah, so the idea is the table's bare. Nothing's on the table. Ooh. You show up with half the table, and guess who has the other half? Reese? Your opponent? That's right. Uh -huh. That's right. Uh. So they put theirs down, you put yours down, and then you play a game. That's that's how you know straight yeah. C's yeah, you don't right wanna, there. I connected those dots. You don't want to depend on those tournament <laughs> organizers to put down any terrain. So this is so. an interesting idea, like uh, you know, players bringing terrain to an event. I think it could be really good for someone who um, is just starting a club and yeah. maybe you don't have a bunch of trains so you're like hey everybody if we spread out the cost and the labor of getting the train um, everybody bring enough for half of a table you know cool F you know or for uh, league night i could i could totally see this working right yeah it's just it's it's a challenging thing like what if your opponent doesn't bring any terrain. Then what happens? What if they bring crappy only, terrain? Or like, yeah, what if they don't finish building their terrain? Or what if they built it wrong? Painted. It's different. Like, I don't. It it creates a lot of weird situations. Um, I saw a lot of the chat was talking about. I think for narrative play and like uh, uh, people just playing at their house or whatever. I think it's great. I think it's really cool, um, especially for narrative play because you can kind of theme a table with all the special rules, um, all that stuff. So I think well, it's it's a really cool concept and it might work. Um, for actual like tournaments or like RTTs and stuff, it's just it'll be interesting to see um, it actually in use and how many people are actually going to go out and buy all that terrain. Well, it, like, so like this has come up before, right? Because so, there's some tournaments that do this. Yeah. Like uh, there's a big Age of Sigmar tournament in uh, England that does this, where each player is supposed to bring a table of terrain. Like, there's pros and cons, right? Like in Age of Sigmar, the terrain's not nearly as important, like how much and all that. Yeah. Um, so, like, like I was saying, like for a league, a club, even a game store, where you have the same people coming every week, I could totally see this working. At an event like the LVO, there's there, logistically there's no way in, in on earth this would work. It's just too big. There's too many people. Also, how do you carry all that terrain? <laughs> Are you, well, I mean, do you leave it at the table? No, you're supposed to bring it every round. So you're supposed to take half a table of terrain and all your stuff. Yeah. From and table you, to table. Your terrain gets mixed with other people's. Like I don't know. Well, the other part of it, too, is that, like, of course, like, okay, I'm, I'm playing Tyranids. Here's my half or whatever. I'm, you're playing some sort of melee army that doesn't want a lot of terrain or does. Just all walls. Uh, like I said it backwards. I'm playing a shooting army, yeah. and here's my half of the table of terrain. It's all one inch tall, 
like things that don't block line of sight or it's all stuff that has huge windows and stuff in it you know what i mean so yeah. it's like you you know in a tournament setting gamers are going to game the system for sure without question 100 percent, they're going to take terrain that favors their army and then they're guaranteed to have it on every single game <laughs> yeah and we're not we're not sure of what the restrictions are or um like maybe there's a chart and you have to bring a certain amount of certain pieces yeah um so i'm not sure exactly what that'll look like um but yeah if it's if it's just merely like you pick whatever you want and you put it on the table then yeah that that'll become problematic because you're like oh i'm playing tau here's a bunch of little walls for you yeah like oh cool thanks buddy yeah i mean like it's a it's an interesting idea it's it's um in certain contexts i could see it being really good I yeah. think I think for any big event, especially big events that already have terrain, there's no need for it. No. Um, but like like we said, for a league, for a, uh, if you're if you're if you're just getting a new um, community going, maybe you're organizing, uh, maybe you're in, in high school and you're organizing an after school uh, a game session, like club, uh, maybe you know something like that, like that kind of a scenario. Yeah. Or maybe you, you know, at your game store doesn't have terrain, but you want to have uh, RTTs every week. You're like, hey, everybody, let's come together, make some cool terrain. Everybody bring some. That could totally, totally work. Yeah, and I think, like you said, for a league, I think this would be great. Yeah, this would be really fun. Uh, it adds in like another little uh, tactical depth to the game. Like, oh, what pieces of terrain am I going to bring this week, or what am I going to change? Like, so it adds cool things. The, the other downside to it, in my opinion, is just the tables will look like crap Very bad. they're gonna look like so like very mismatched like even if yeah. they're well painted like yeah. half your buildings will look like this yeah. half the buildings will look like that it's just it's it'll be weird well because i mean imagine like you're playing on a snow mat yeah. and one guy has desert like natural terrain with like rocks and stuff and the other person has jungle themed <laughs> buildings and it's all mixed up on the table it's gonna look hideous yeah it'll look pretty bad you know what i mean <laughs> so like and, and some people don't care about that but for me the aesthetics of the game are at like paramount ultra yeah. important and if you look at the tables of terrain that we've made for our events at the lvo which is the biggest event in the world every single table is themed and painted nicely every single table because it makes a better experience and if you've got people just bringing random stuff it's gonna look like a hodgepodge that's not the end of the world yeah. if and and again like we've said it like 10 times if you're in a league or if you're playing with the same group of people, you can coordinate with each other. Like, hey, man, I'm going to make half of the desert table. You make half of the desert table. And then we'll come and we'll set it up and we'll just leave it. Right? See, that's the thought is you have to know what table you're going to be playing on. And you have to paint it to that table. Yeah. And you have to change it before every round. So there's little airbrush stations so you can change up <laughs> the color that you're terrain is before you go on the snow table uh, so i mean it, it's a it's a controversial idea the internet's already going crazy about it oh, yeah. um it's it's an idea that i think in the right context can be awesome oh, it can sure, yeah. it can be really really useful i i don't see a lot of like gt plus size events doing this i absolutely could be wrong yeah like maybe in a regional event where the to kind of knows everybody and maybe it's like hey like can some of the core crew all help out with terrain that happens all the time anyway yeah we've borrowed terrain plenty of times plenty of times um and like you said there have been quite a few tournaments where people have brought in their own tables so. yeah so it's it's an interesting idea let us know what you all think yeah. like do you think this sounds cool do you think it doesn't sound cool uh let us know 
like talking to the other TOs, I, I kind of get the impression that those with terrain already are like, ah, we don't really need to do this. Yeah. But I mean, that you could still use some of the missions and stuff in there from the pack. Like you could still look, take the pack and um, maybe just apply some of the secondary missions and stuff like that to mix things up. That could be fun. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a bold idea. It's a, it's a little different than the way people are used to doing things, but you know, see have to if wait it works and see. out for them. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. That's a bold play, Cotton. Yeah. See if it works out. Uh, in the chat, what's up, everybody? Uh, Ed Rutherford. Ooh. I love that. My dad's middle name is Rutherford. <laughs> Richard Rutherford Robbins. Such a good name. That's my father, and I'm Reese Richard Robbins. We don't deviate much from the R's no. <laughs> <laughs> in my family. Stay on target. Uh, glad you caught us live. Uh, I think ITC should do it for the LVO. I hear Reese will help us uh, out and bring it all. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I will. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we already did. We'll Could you out. imagine the cluster F it would be to have a thousand people all bringing terrain and all getting mixed up, broken? Uh, I don't know. Someone spills a beer on <laughs> somebody's like prize piece can't of terrain. Oh, that would be chaos, dude. I mean, I guess it's no different than us already having the train there. So you take our train out of the. Uh, picture but yeah i don't know it it just seems weird especially since you move your train from table to table it just i don't know it just logistically it doesn't sound like it'd work yeah i think it, it, i don't think this is an idea that scales up i could absolutely be wrong because yeah. we haven't tried it right yeah i don't think it scales up but i think for the smaller scale i think it's actually a, a cool I idea mean, I don't know, still moving that much terrain every round just would I, I guess it depends on how much terrain it really is they don't yeah. they don't describe it so they say like this is roughly how many points you have and yeah. here's a 40 point building You're like okay cool yeah because if you have yeah. some of those giant gw ruins like that's a lot of stuff just to carry yeah um so hey we'll have to wait and see how it plays out interested in getting everybody's opinions urgun uluk in the chat heck yeah i was channeling cotton <laughs> <laughs> from espn 8 the ocho, the ocho. so yeah that's that's exciting news uh, uh let us know what you think leave a comment talk to us in the chat uh, whatever, send us a carrier pigeon, however you want to do it. But in other news, Ooh. we are constantly, every week, we're adding new products to the FLG web cart so that uh, we can offer more than just Games Workshop stuff and things we make. Because <laughs> <laughs> like most gamers, we play other games, and uh, we want to make sure to offer those to you. So we just picked up an exciting new line. Uh, it's called Conquest, uh, The Last Argument of Kings. It's a rank-and-file fantasy miniatures uh, mass battle game. Weird. Uh, it's similar to the old Warhammer Fantasy or, uh, you know... Uh, Kings of War. Kings of War, that was it. Kind of similar to that. And then the, the aesthetic is similar to the Rune Wars, that game that was ill-fated, came out and kind of came and went really quick from Fantasy Flight games. Yeah. But I say that because they have those bases where it's a circle base that goes in a square base. Um, the, mo the miniatures are really good. They're not GW good, but I mean, who is? But they're really good. These are some of the better plastic multi-part models I've seen from any uh, non, you know, any non-GW company. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I really like the, um, I like the setting. Like you have kind of the uh, Renaissance human faction. Uh, you have the Nords, which are like Vikings, and they have like mythological Viking um, units like Jotnor, like giants and trolls and all this yeah. fun stuff. Uh, and then you have dwarves which are pretty run-of-the-mill dwarves but they, they look really cool and then the faction that i think is really neat is the spires they're kind of like they're like interdimensional space elves <laughs> that like grow cloned like warriors and really really creative and really cool 
So uh, if you're looking for a rank and file game to play, check it out. We're one of the few, to my knowledge, we're one of the few stores that's actually carrying this line at this time. Yeah. And you can get it at store.frontlinegaming.org. In the web cart, there's some uh, starter boxes that you can pick up. Very reasonably priced to give you everything you need to get going. So, yeah, the models, like you were saying, just they look really cool. And yeah. The, yeah, it just it looks like a really fun game. It does, man. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people out there that that still kind of have a hankering for rank and file, you know, mass combat games. Yeah. So, this company's new, but they've been coming out with stuff rapid fire. So, check them out. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Uh, we also added some other fun stuff into the web cart, including some I'm super excited about. I've been the nerding, name is horrible. I've been nerding out on this so hard because I've never seen these before. They're called Warlock tiles. They're made for uh, for games like D and D, but uh, they're really cool though. Like, kind of bought the product. We we didn't get a ton of it, so if you want some, I'd recommend getting it because um, we didn't know. I've never seen these, but they're plastic, fully painted dungeon tiles that are really, really cool. Like the, in the preview picture that you're seeing, uh, it's like a, an inn, and it has all kinds of cool stuff. Like you can get like doors and chests and barrels and doohickeys and whatnots, chinguses and all kinds Man, of crazy stuff. Man, that sounds stuff. amazing. Tell me more. Yeah, I'm going to. There's tables and yeah, chairs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're fully painted. They're really nice. Uh, they're PVC plastic, so... They're not like, you know, the ultra nice high impact uh, hard plastic. Yeah. But for what it is, they're great. You literally open it up and you're ready to play. And for what, for how much you get for the fact that it's fully painted, they're reasonably priced. I was geeking out on them when we got them. I'm like, these are so cool. Yeah. So for your next D&D campaign or whatever, whatever game you're playing, uh, give them a look. They're ready to go out of the box. That and, is the really cool thing is they yeah. are ready to rock. Yep. Right out of the box. Because we've been playing a lot of like D&D and fantasy skirmish games and stuff like that. So I was like, man, we might just use these for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're really cool. The scale's a little smaller than I would have liked. Scale's a little small. Yeah. But, but I think most of those dungeons are really small scale yeah. for some reason. Well, D&D is why. played like on one inch squares. Yeah. So the, the miniatures are really small. Like as, other, as every other miniature based game, not that D&D is, but most people play with minis. They scale up to kind of like the 32 millimeter heroic because it looks way better. When you get a D&D mini, you're like, these are tiny. Yeah. So they on, in, with that scale, they would fit perfectly on these. Yep. But um, if you're using like, you know, AOS minis when you play D&D like we do a lot, they, they kind of look like a little giantish. But They're a little big. Yeah. Uh, Ed Rutherford says, any chance FLG will be selling the ninth edition specific terrain sets? Um, 
I mean, we already sell terrain that works for 9th edition. Yeah, we sell ITC terrain bundles that work perfectly yeah. fine. Um, and then we are going to be repurposing all the bundles to have the option to come with a 44 by 60 mat because a lot of people have asked for that. So, yep. Tomodachi Express says, shout out to Pablo and his heiress. Thank you. Pretty good. Uh, Spencer Cohen says, you guys play D&D with real people in real life, not <laughs> on Roll20. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. We, we play at work. Um, we try to play once a week. Yeah, we don't work. We play D&D. Ooh, it's so funny when people think that we play games all day. Well, I mean, you just told them that we play it at work. After work, yeah. Oh, after work. So. But, a, like, a lot of people that have met us in real life <laughs> are like, man, you have the coolest job. You guys just play games. And I'm like, <laughs> I play less games since we started Frontline Gaming than I did oh, ever before. for sure. Hands down, yeah. Like, I was like, no, we work a ton on small margins in the gaming industry. <laughs> yeah. We sell games. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we do. And then on the, one of the benefits is that, yes, everyone that you work with likes gaming. So in the little bit of free time you have, it's easy to find someone that wants to play a tabletop game, play an RPG, play a, a video game. Yeah. And we all do as a company. Yep. It's one of the nicer things about, about working here. Uh, other big news in the tabletop gaming world, the mighty hero quest is <laughs> making a return. For those of you who are uh, younger or maybe you just haven't heard of it, Hero Quest is like a, it's a really special game. Came out long, long time ago, and it was sort of the the it it, it was kind of like the first dungeon diver RPG light miniature based board game like this. To my knowledge, I could be wrong, but it was certainly the biggest, most popular one. And for many people my age, this was like the first game you played that got you into D and D, that got you into um, Games Workshop games. And so it's got a lot of nostalgia, and it really yeah. is a great game. It's super duper fun, and you've played it too, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. And like you said, it's it's a dungeon dra uh, driver. It's a dungeon diver, so that's always a good time with your friends. Um, I, it, I'm excited for it, and I'm it's super gone excited. Crazy on Kickstarter. They did a so. million dollars in <laughs> yeah. the first day. Yeah, they crushed it. This so. is going to be the biggest tabletop Kickstarter. It's not on Kickstarter. It's on one of the, like that. Yeah. But it's going to be the biggest one of all time, like, without question. That's 45 days to go, and they did a million bucks on day one. That's nuts. I mean, good for them. Holy crap. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. Um, but HeroQuest is awesome. It's so fun. Uh, and it's, it looks like they're staying really true to the original game. I think it's the same rules and everything, Yeah. which is, which is great because it's an awesome game. Uh, it looks like it looks like they made some changes. Yeah, it looks like the cards have been updated. And the minis are obviously yeah. modern minis. They're, yeah. uh, they're 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 nicer. One of the things I really like, and I was talking about it, to, um, uh, which I think is cool, and it's a very modern touch for the way gaming is uh, as as evolved and changed over time. Is one of the stretch goals is that you can get all the the characters as female versions. So like, you can have the barbarian as a dude or, or a girl, and vice versa. And I think that's super cool. Yeah, because then you just get more minis, more variety, and I think it's just it's super super fun. I, I think like it's that. great, especially with uh, how how many women are playing board games nowadays too. Yeah, it helps. Because so. when this game came out, when I was a kid, man, finding anyone that even wanted to play these kind of games or knew what they were <laughs> or didn't shove you in a locker because you were into it yeah. was a challenge. And it is things have changed so much; it's so much more inclusive now. I think that's awesome. And yeah, having some better representation, I think, is only a good thing. Right? Yeah, I agree. So. And the minis are dope. They're really good. Yes. 
yeah, it's just cool too because if you go back and look at the old Hero Quest minis, they're they're terrible, right? <laughs> they are really bad. They were cool at the time, yeah. But they're they're they don't hold up. And now you look at the new versions of it, they're so awesome. Oh, and then also go watch the classic Hero Quest review. Oh. <laughs> the video is so funny, from the guys called like the Bard or something like that. Yeah, it's so funny. I love it. Isn't uh, there a Hero Quest movie? I don't think I so. Think, I, think I, I don't think so. They yeah. did make a movie about um, a dungeon diver video yeah. game Which one for was the it? king. They call it. It was called For the King, and it was uh, terrible. Okay. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. I think Jason Statham is. Yeah, it? I think he is. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is garbage. They made a second one. Yeah, there's two of them. Uh, Lou Bangs. No one actually shoved me in a locker. <laughs> Look at this stash. Do you think they could have? I had this stash when I was 12. I did not. You did not. But, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, if you were a gamer, it was, like, not – it's not like it is now. Like, in the 80s and the 90s, if you were a gamer and you played, like, D&D &D and stuff, it wasn't something you wanted other people to know, usually because it was stigmatized. Yeah. Like, it wasn't cool at all. And now it's, like, cool, which I think it's so awesome because it's been a relatively short period of time. It's been a big change. Yeah, 100%. Like, even when you were in high school, it wasn't nearly as nerdy as it was when I was. Like, It was still pretty nerdy, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, now it's, like, it's, you can totally, like, it, it's, like, cool, dude. Yeah. Like, I read comics and, like, and played D&D &D and stuff, and I, like, had to, like, hide them in my room, you know? <laughs> like, Which, on a side note, I can't believe you didn't put that in here. The Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. Comic book. It looks awesome. It looks so yeah. good. It looks super cool. And it did a million dollars as well, so. Good for him. Crushing. I mean, Keanu Reeves, anything he touches is gold. Like, yeah. The guy's such a cool dude. But, yeah, he made a comic called Berserker. Yeah, I think it's Berserker. And yeah. It's, him. It's him. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I want to be, I want to get to the point in life where I can be like, I want to make a video, uh, comic book with me as the star yeah. and have other people think it's cool, not like, what a douche. Yeah, what a jerk. <laughs> it's me and I'm super yeah. buff and I'm like punching <laughs> monsters and stuff. Well, I think somebody else approached him with the idea, but probably it's, it's really cool. But I mean, like when you're that cool globally, everyone thinks you're so cool yeah. that that can be the premise of the, the story. Everyone's like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm into I, this. That's when you made it. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, what's happening in the ITC. Uh, of course, if you like the ITC, you want to support it, you want to see it continue to grow and thrive, consider supporting it financially via the ITC Patreon. You can do so for as little as $1 a month. At the higher levels, um, you can even get things like consultations where um, we can help talk to you about growing your event, all that kind of stuff. I was just uh, talking to someone in Europe um, last week, brainstorming some ideas to help them navigate trying to run events during COVID and grow their event, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and all the money goes back into the ITC to keep it going because it is very expensive to run. Not cheap. To run it. Maybe not as much this year, but typically it's <laughs> very expensive. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, we're going to go over the rankings, as we say every week during the plague times. Uh, be, be safe when you go to an event. Be mindful of it. Uh, points aren't worth yours or somebody else's health. Nope. All right, let's look at 40K ITC competitive track top 10. Actually, just the top five. Ken Knox continues to lead the pack. He displaced Vic VJ of no. the UK. Ooh. <laughs> Snap, that was good. Uh, followed by Ryan Snyder in third, Mark Hartel Hurtle Ooh. in fourth, and James Kelling in fifth. Nice. Hobby track, John Smith leading the pack. If his wife is named Pocahontas, that would just be too good. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? Uh. That'd be, That'd be awesome. That'd be uh, oh, Mariana's outraged uh, in the background. Yeah. It's just a funny joke. 
Uh, Colton Hatch is uh, in second place. Scott Boucher in third. James Weston in fourth. And my man, Richard Kilton, in fifth. Yeah. Age of Sigmar, current top five. We got Matt Beasley in first. William Sohali. I'll, I'll get it right eventually. In second, Jared Zizueta in third. Kurt Roper in fourth. Matthew Jones in fifth. Age of Sigmar, current hobby track. Low-hanging fruit. Get out there. <laughs> get do, out there. Do two events and <laughs> yeah. you're winning this whole thing. Russell Tanner in first. Matt Abbott in second. Dan Sanchez in third. Brian Bickle tied for fourth with Robert Snyder. Well done. Shade Spire, or excuse me, Warhammer Underworlds, top five. Ivan Cho in first. Glenn Dean in second. Jonathan Coulson in third. Cody Handler in fourth. Michael Melody in fifth. On that note, it is really funny. When the game was first released, nobody knew what it was called. It was, was it Shade Spire or was it Underworlds? Yeah. Or is it Age of Sigmar board card game? Yeah. Like, I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> The, well, I got I got corrected because I kept calling it Shadespire, but apparently yeah. that was just the first release. That was the box or something. It's like, like that, in yeah. Magicka or Magicka. In Magicka. Magic, <laughs> in Magic, like there's the Ravnica deck, right? That's yeah. apparently that's what it is. Yeah. Did I say that right? It's a Ravnica release. Or yeah, that's what shows you how much I know about Magic. Yeah. Kill Team current top five: Rudy Pertu, Tottenen in first place, Anhil Alvarez Serrano in second. Manuel Melgizo in third, John Sow in fourth, and Janice Gilham in fifth. Well done. And, of course, if you like this podcast, check out the other podcasts on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. We got Art of War, Art of War Down Under, where everything's backwards. Art of War to the left and Art of War to the right. To the left, to the left. (laughs) To the right. Now That'd step, be funny if all babies. the other podcasts are just Art of War. <laughs> like, yeah, we should just yeah. all be Art of War something. That would be great. We could be Art of War Central. Art of War Prime. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, Stat Center, they're still struggling to, to get back onto a regular rhythm. Uh, Val just had a, a, a baby. Peter is uh, somewhere in the north battling bears and uh, just trying to survive. That's what it's like in northern Canada, I think. That's the impression that I get. Yeah, it's a lot like Alaska, just less manly. It's like if you took... (laughs) That's going to go over well. (laughs) Take that, Dayton. Oh, brother. And uh, and then, of course, uh, 40K Today recap, where you can uh, catch up with what's going on there. Cool stuff, right? Let's answer some questions. Uh, Mythos asks how he can convert his FLG mat down to 44 by 60. Well, next week... You can buy a conversion kit that does it for you. What? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and Corey Schultz, no, uh, Mariano was upset because Pocahontas in real life was like 12. <laughs> I was like, we get it, we get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Art of War 2, The Quickening. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Uh, make a gif of my little dance. Please don't do that. Too late. I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> Uh, thanks for seeing Zach B to the Exterminatus this weekend, says Lou Rollins. You're very welcome. Yeah. And uh, we hope uh, take our, our British our British friend, show him a good time. I know Be you guys gentle. Will. I know you will. Never mind, Jamba agrees that Alaska is greater than Canada. <laughs> this is the new Australia joke. Uh-oh. <laughs> that didn't go over so well last time. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then we'll answer any more questions anybody has, and then we'll wrap it up. Kind of a short show today, but that's all right. What's the cutoff for LVO refunds, says Alan Drell. So uh, if you go to the Las Vegas Open uh, website and just go to the refund policy, it's all laid out there. Uh, we're going to take care of everybody. Uh, d- don't worry about it. If we can't do it because of COVID, 
uh, you'll have four different options for what to do with your ticket money. Yeah. You're, everyone's going to get taken care of. Don't, don't sweat it. Um, you can buy a, con- a ticket with confidence. Uh, you, you can uh, uh, turn it into store credit. You can apply it to the next year. There's all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Alstrom says, where I live, we use points instead of power level for Crusade and have extra house rules for keeping upgrades from stratagems used during the game. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, and narrative yeah. gaming is where, like, that how, go house rule crazy. That is, that is exactly what you should do. It's like playing D&D. Yeah. Just add stuff in, make stuff up, have fun. Makes it more exciting, for yeah. sure. Uh, never mind, Jama says, how long does it take to comb my mustache each morning? Not that long, actually. Not that <laughs> long. It's not that bad. You do have to maintain it, though. Otherwise, it starts going all over. It looks terrible. Um, uh, do you guys still doing buy of box and table terrain for ninth? says Venom's Chosen. Uh, yeah, you can go buy uh, ITC terrain sets that come with a mat, and we are adding in the option to make it a 44 by 60. Previously, it was only 4 by 6. Gary Jintz says, please let LVO happen. <laughs> yeah. We hope so. Yeah. I, I, we hope it's safe by then. I think, I feel, I feel pretty confident. I know, I, I know personally people that have been told their first responders, they're getting, they're getting given a vaccine next month. Right? I don't know what that means. I'm not a doctor in terms of like, is it available? I don't, I don't know really what that means, but I know that they are like, for, they've been told they are for sure getting issued it. I don't know if that's like a part of like stage three testing for the, one of the three vaccines that's in, um, that's out there right now. I, I don't know, but it makes me feel a little bit more hopeful and confident. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, again, we're not doctors, nor are we reporters, uh, but that is that is what we have been told by firsthand. So we'll see. Uh, lots of people talking about their crusade house rules. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Mac 10 trucks says, nice stash, dog. You will, hey, you got it. Did Magnus do anything wrong? Yes, he did everything wrong. Yeah, why do you think Lehman Russ kicked his ass? Yeah, he used the warp. He didn't just do it because he's what just being mean. Yeah. You know what it was? Magnus is like, do you want to play D&D with me? And he's like, in the locker you go. <laughs> yeah, he's like, prepare. Pulls his pants down first. Magnus is like, no! <laughs> so embarrassed. Oh, chaos it is. I just wanted to play Hero Quest. He's in the locker, like a tear rolling down his face. He's like, cowabunga it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs> Uh, what do you mean you're not a doctor? Says Tomodachi Express. Yeah, I got an English degree at San Diego State. It's pretty good. <laughs> Basically a doctor in some countries. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you. You could probably be a doctor in Canada, the, if we're being you know, honest. I could tell you some of the, the, the themes used in uh, uh, Shakespeare's, some of his plays. Ooh. It's pretty good. Not, not quite. Was Shakespeare a doctor? Uh, in my heart. He's a doctor of the English language in my, in my, in my heart and soul. Uh, thoughts on the ITC team size conversation, says Tao Dog. Lots of dogs in the dog. chat today. Uh, yeah, so there was a conversation about uh, a little bit of a controversy, hilariously, uh, about teams, the way that teams work in the ITC. So the, the issue or the, the, the conversation was around the fact that really big teams – can sort of game the system. Uh, not Obviously, that's not what we intended um, within the ITC right now. So if you go to a, uh, like Beast Coast is a perfect example, right? They've won the team tournament many times, or the team uh, competition, yeah. And they have like a gigantic team and a lot of, they have a lot of really, really good players on their team. Um, and so like we've been, in, in, like incrementally, we've been toning it down. Like you can only get 10 scores from a team. And now each player can only contribute to X number of scores. 
Uh, but it still gives you like somewhat of an unintended advantage. Like you can avoid playing each other at the first round of a tournament in some cases, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then people, gamers game the system. Like you, you do, they're always going to do it and you're silly if you think they're not going to. So, like, people started doing it on purpose to get, like, some sort of a slight advantage. So now the idea within the ITC TO group on Facebook, which if you are a TO and you want to join that group, that's where a lot of the conversation happens, uh, you should do so. The idea is that maybe a club can be any size, but a team at an event is limited to, like, 10 players or whatever, right? I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's bad. Because then it's, you know, you're not going to have, like, a, a gigantic advantage. Yeah. It's not a gigantic advantage anyway, but... No, it's just you get more scores, which is yeah. which helps. Yeah. Because then you could have, like, Beast Coast A team, Beast Coast B team, or, you know, however you want to describe it. Yeah. Someone might get their feelings hurt if they're on the B team. You I'll could be go like, on the C team. <laughs> That's where I'll go. You could come up with some fun thematic names, like, this is Beast Coast Rogue Squadron. Ooh. Something like fancy. that. That's fancy. I don't I know. Like Whatever, it. dude. This is the wizard. Ooh. On Team Zero squadron. Comp, it would be... Uh, Team Zero Comp, the winners. Team Team Zero Comp, the chode, the chumps. <laughs> the chumps. The chodes. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> on our team, that is the way it would go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's everyone's team's different, has a different yeah. culture. Ours is very... Uh, very different. We, we joke around a lot on our team. So, yeah, that's kind of the, that was kind of the idea, is, like, make teams uh, more fair. Because the idea, the whole reason we put it in there in the first place was to encourage people to form clubs. Because if you're in a club, proven, every good player is in a club, right? You, so you're probably going to get better. You're more likely to go to an event because you have a, a group of people to travel with, to split expenses. That you have friends. You have friends to go to an event with. Like you don't have to worry. Like oh, I don't know anybody. So having clubs and teams facilitates the competitive and casual uh, uh, event going community. That was why we did it. And then somehow gamers doing what they do managed to find a way to turn it to their advantage <laughs> yeah. competitively, yeah. which should not be a surprise. I know a few teams combined to form one massive team. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good ones in there. Some of the, the that comments. That will not be repeated. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we make some silly jokes on our team sometimes. But uh, that, that was it in a nutshell. Let us know what you all think. Um, but it, I think it's just something simple that we could do that would limit feelings that uh, teams are taking advantage of the system when yeah. it's really not that big of an advantage but yeah, no it's a slight advantage yeah um all right there's a lot of chode jokes now i should have good job <laughs> killing it uh, it, it slipped out <laughs> <laughs> all right oh, thanks for tuning in everybody uh, hope you enjoyed this rather immature episode of singles from the front line <laughs> Make sure to go in there, get an FLG mat. They are back, baby. And, of course, take a look at some of the other products we got on there, like Conquest and uh, uh, D&D, whatever it is. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets your motor going, you know? <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. All right. Happy, uh, happy gaming. We'll see you all next week.